This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800 CKLW, the information station. Running Flat Radio is a paid program on AM 800. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road. And when I got there, I thought maybe I'd run to the end of town. And I ran, and I ran, and I ran. Welcome to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Uzinski in studio. Uh, Kelly Steele will be here momentarily. And, uh, you know, Running Flat Radio, if you're not familiar with the show, is just about running and endurance. You know, we, we, we do have a special coming up. Uh, in the next couple months on cycling. And then we're going to actually do uh, a series on also um, mountain biking as well. So th- those are all things that uh, that we're trying to do here with uh, Running Flat Radio is, is really try to take down those barriers where you're always thinking about, you know, should I join that race? Oh, I don't really want to join that race because I'm kind of nervous about joining a group or an organization or, or, or getting involved and I don't want to embarrass myself. It's, you know, leave all that at home. This show is all about getting you out there, off the couch, into your first 5K, into your first 10K. You know, come join us at, at Run for Heroes, which is uh, which is next month, the Run for Heroes weekend in Amherstburg, which is really a, an exciting event for for the region and, and the community and, and Southern Ontario. It is the largest run in in Southern Ontario, uh, this side of uh, of Toronto, this fall. And what ends up happening at the Run for Heroes uh, marathon? is uh, we have a full 42-kilometer Boston qualifying marathon, one of the flattest ones in the world, uh, with a 38-foot elevation change. We have a, a very picturesque and beautiful half marathon, which I think only has about 75 spots left in it. And we also have a 10K, and that's on the Sunday. On the Saturday, what's really exciting is we have a Run for Superheroes 5K, uh, and that's from Fort Malden all the way along the river and back. And as a part of that, we also have a kids marathon. Now, the kids marathon is is something that we we introduced this year that's really taken off. And the reason for it is because mom and dad or the guardian goes on runningflat.com. You want to click on the Run for Heroes uh, logo and then go to and register your child for the kids marathon. When you register them, it's free. And then you'll get a PDF to download. On, on the PDF download, one side is a pledge form where you have to raise $50 for the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor-Essex, who is the benefactor and the proceeds of the entire weekend of runs. And uh, on the other side is a log where you actually log in the 41 kilometers that you have to do between now and race day, which is September 20th. So it could be 500 meters at a time. It could be a kilometer at a time. It could be walking. It could be running. It doesn't matter. All you have to do is log it in, have have mom or dad or the guardian initial it, and then on that day, on September 20th, you show up in Amherstburg, you bring your log sheet and, and your pledges in, and you run your last kilometer with us and get a marathon medal. 
it's it's a it's a fantastic program. It got a lot of kids excited, got a lot of parents excited. I, I think what was what's really funny is is all the emails that we get from parents that are so excited about oh my gosh, I've got something to do with my kids this summer. You know, for the last two months, instead of them being cooped up, we can actually do this every morning, go for our 500-meter our walk or run and, and get them all excited about running. And, and that's what this show is really all about. It's about kind of getting behind the scenes of, of running, introducing you to some of the celebrities in endurance around North America and the world, and, and being able to kind of bring everything forward to you and, and have you take a look at it and, and, and understand the lingo and understand what's going on in the running world. And then join us for, for, for one of our runs. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, announced last night and this morning is our zombie chase, which everyone's just been driving us crazy about, is open. We've opened up registration for zombie chase. It is at runningflat.com. Zombie chase is October 11th. In Windsor, that's the Windsor date. There's another date that they'll be announced later on uh, in another city. The Windsor date is at the uh, waterfront near the bridge, and it is at dusk. It's a really cool dusk event. So the the survivors, the, the runners go out at dusk, and then three minutes later when the sun goes down, the zombies go out and they chase you for a while. It is a 5K course, a lot of entertainment on this course, a lot of family fun. And uh, we are named as the medal to run for in Canada uh, this year. Uh, for our last year's medal. And we also unveiled, if you go on the website, we've unveiled our zombie chase medal that, uh, that glows in the dark for this year where the, where the hair pe- peels up, the cranium opens up where it says no brains, uh, 5K zombie chase. It's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome event and uh, registration is open right now and there is an early bird special on that. There also is a discount co- code and it is I am dead. One word, all capital letters, and uh, I am dead is uh, is five dollars off, but it's for a very very limited time, and it's only for a number of spots. So if you want to register under I am dead, by all means go for it. And uh, and Kelly jo- Kelly joins us. Uh, Welcome to Running Flat Radio. Well, thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Do I look like a drowned rat? Yeah, it's uh, it's stormy out. Oh my goodness! You know, we've got an exciting show, a really exciting show. We've got a good friend of ours who's in studio today, Bill Ewing. He's the operations director for the Detroit Free Press Talmers Bank Marathon. Now, now the Freep Marathon, with all due respect, is an international marathon. It's one of the majors. It's it's definitely. You know, if, if you did a, an international poll of, of runners, you know, and, you know, we all do our bucket list, you know, mm-hmm. we've got Paris, we've got London, lots of folks have Detroit down there because yep. it's, it's got the bridge, it's got the tunnel, it's got Corktown, it's got Belle Isle, which we all hate and swear about. We can talk to Bill about that later, why it sucks so bad running around that island and the wind's always against you. But, you know, we can we can talk about that later, but he's going to be in studio. You know what I kind of like about that? I've, I've paced that race for probably the last 10 years. And every single time we cross the bridge and go into Canada, there always seems to be one person in my group who will say, oh my, I've never been to Windsor before. I'm so excited. <laughs> and they genuinely are, which is kind of cool, right? Stay a while. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the three kilometers you're running through through the country. But yeah, stay a while. But yeah, just a, uh, so it's going to be a fascinating conversation because there's so much history too with, with that, you know, being an international border, being an mm-hmm. international event. Um, you know, how it used to start in Windsor and then end up in the U.S. and used to yeah. bust people over. Just and, and, of course, you know, that that event is is a major part of 
a number of generational booms in running, right? The big boom in the 70s, the last one that we saw in the last decade uh, of running. So, uh, you know, Bill's going to have all kinds of great stories and and we're going to, we're going to, we get to ask Bill the story, you know, ask him for, for, you know, tell us more about this, you know, and we have a number of questions too from listeners. Well, you know, the Detroit Marathon was actually how I got started doing marathons. Really? Yep. I did uh, the first year I did the relay. I was only running. Yeah, maybe 10 miles tops at that point. Is that when the Petro Brothers kept winning it? It was. It was crazy. And I, I'm standing on the side of the road <laughs> and I'm doing my relay and I'm proud of myself. With, you know, with, why shouldn't I be? But at that point, I had no reason why I wasn't doing a marathon. It was just because. Right. Because. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching people of all different shapes and sizes run by and they're doing the marathons. And I'm not even, I've got no good excuse Next year, I went and did the marathon there and loved it, and I do it every year since. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great show. It, it really is, is and, and it really highlights uh, the best of both of our communities uh, mm-hmm. in Windsor and Detroit. Oh, absolutely. So, so we're going to talk to Bill when we get back. You're listening to Running Flat Radio on, on AM 800 CKLW. Morning drive at 7:20. Our group ice bucket challenge to bring awareness and raise funds for ALS. It'll happen live on the air, and you'll find out who we're going to nominate next. And at 8:20, we'll tell you why you don't need to worry about cooking for the family on Thursday. I'm so excited. <laughs> the number one morning show, the morning drive, weekday mornings five till nine on AM 800. El Right now at Kudo, you can get a Samsung Galaxy S3 for $0 on the tab, plus a $100 bonus gift. I'm no math genius, but let's see. $0 plus $100, and then if I carry the 7 and multiply that by the square root of pi, and then triangulate the decimal... Oh, forget it. It's $100 more than you have right now. Get the Samsung Galaxy S3 for $0 plus a $100 bonus gift with flexible plans. Some conditions apply. See store for details. Love arts? Join the A-Team and over 150 top-notch artists and artisans in Amherstburg this Saturday and Sunday at Art by the River, Essex County's original Arts and Crafts Festival. Browse before you buy from 10 to 5 at Fort Malden National Historic Site. All art is juried and personally handmade by the artists. Admission is $5, children 12 and under are free. Enjoy the arts, music, and history at Art by the River, an old town end-of-summer tradition since 1967. Visit gibsonartgallery.com, sponsored in part by Amy Now the forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. A severe thunderstorm warning continues tonight. A few showers ending after midnight. A few thunderstorms early this evening. A risk of a severe thunderstorm early this evening with the risk of a thunderstorm lingering later this evening and after midnight. A low of 20. Once again, a severe thunderstorm warning continues. A few showers ending after midnight tonight with a few thunderstorms early this evening. Risk of a severe thunderstorm early this evening. Risk of a thunderstorm lingering late this evening and after midnight. Night, a low of 20. The Coors Light Brewing Company wants you to say yes this Labor Day weekend. And while you're at it, why not say yes to 15 cans of Coors Light for the price of 12? Then celebrate Labor Day by doing the exact opposite of labor. Taking her easy. Someone else want to try the end bit? Because I'm off the clock. 
Coors Light. Who wants 15 cold ones for the price of 12? Oh, that was pretty good. Available at the beer store for a limited time while supplies last. Looking to start running? Strap on a pair of comfortable shoes. Now put one foot in front of the other and keep going. It's that easy. This is, this is Running Flat Radio on AM 800. Welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Zinski, Kelly Steele in the studio from the Windsor Star. Um, you know, there's a lot of marathons now that you can do. I mean, there's, I, I'm sure... I'm sure Bill can can tell us a little bit. You know, without further ado, our, our good friend Bill Ewing, the operation operational director from the uh, Detroit Free Press Marathon, joins us. How are you, Chris Kelly? Thanks so much for having me over here. It's always great to come over and visit with my Canadian running friends south of the border. <laughs> We're looking forward to the next uh, sixty days, eleven hours, and forty minutes. But who's <laughs> counting, right? <laughs> it's always great to see you, Bill. So you know. Let, let, let's talk about the history involved in the, the Detroit Free Press Marathon or the Detroit Free Press Talmers Bank Marathon, which which really is one of the majors uh, globally. I mean, you, you've got to be top, well, for sure top 20 in the United States and maybe top 40 in, in the world. Well, thank you. Yes, it, it, we are we're in that neighborhood for sure. And it is uh, the... The race itself does have a storied history, starting in 1963 when Dr. Ed Kozloff, uh, president of the Motor City Striders, founded the race with a bunch of his running buddies. And I understand it was a, a torturous event, running five laps of Belle Isle or, or whatever it takes to uh, equate to 26 miles. There must have been some beer involved. Uh, it must have been. I, I think there's probably some uh, side bets too. But uh, the race grew in, in, from that point. And uh, in 1960, excuse me, 1978, uh, the Detroit Free Press approached uh, Dr. Kozloff and asked him if they could partner up with him and take over uh, management responsibility of the race. And uh, Dr. Kozloff stayed on as race director for a number of years following that. And uh, for the first time, the race became international in, in 1978 uh, when it started over here at Jackson Park and ran down the riverfront and down through the tunnel. So that was a very unique addition to to the race course. I understand that it went out to Gross Point and, and then turned around and came back and finished on Belle Isle in the day, uh, well before my running career. But uh, so, uh, so that was a, a, a point-to-point where you'd actually bus your, your participants That is correct. I, I can't recall how many school buses we had to use to bring people over the Jackson Park, but the the field size grew to the point of 2,500, 3,000 mm-hmm. people. Wow. Uh, I think it grew as, as high as 4,800 uh, in the early 80s. And so, and, and at that point, it was just a marathon. There were no any other, right. there were no additional events. So uh, I'm sure it presented some uh, logistical challenges for everybody involved. And at and, and what point in time, was the bridge and the tunnel added to that course? Well, the, for a number of years, we tried to get the bridge into the mix. And fortunately, in uh, 1999, we added the bridge to the course. So for, for the very first time, we were able to run the bridge and the tunnel. So at that time, we moved the start line 
back to the state so that we wouldn't have to bus people across. And then we ran across the bridge first and then back through the tunnel second and then finished up to the last, uh, oh, 18 miles or so in, in, in the U.S. Like, like I said earlier, I've been pacing that race for years. I, I absolutely love it. It was my first marathon. I just think it's a great race. And uh, I always find it really cool that, that the international is, is a, a, definitely a big draw for people. But people get such a buzz out of running the bridge and running the tunnel. Because when do you really get to do that? Like It's right. a pretty cool concept. And it's, it's time such that if the weather is just right, that most people get to experience the sunrise over the bridge. And yeah. in, in, in if the sun is shining right, it lights up the Rensen and the, and the, the uh, Detroit Riverfront. So it's a beautiful view. And I think the Windsor side riverfront uh, portion of the race is certainly one of the most aesthetically pleasing parts. You know, I, I've run the event four times, and, and I gotta tell you a couple highlights of of that race. Is first off, the bridge is a lot steeper than you could ever <laughs> imagine it being. Number Same one, as the tunnel. No, and number yeah, and number two, the tunnel that grade coming up to to the plaza yeah. of the tunnel is unbelievable. Yeah, but you fly in and you're going, wow, where'd this come from? Exactly. Just, it's crazy. And then all of a well, sudden you're Well, what I like to tell people is what goes up comes down yes. and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And, 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 and I thought the year I did it last, or maybe the second last time I did it, was a year that the guy set off the Geiger counters inside the tunnel. He was like behind me by about 50 feet. So right. as, as I'm going through the wickets at customs, everyone's drawing their guns and running into the tunnel because mm-hmm. all the, uh, the the Geiger counters are going off. That was an awesome time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we see a little bit of uh, everything during the course of the race. You know, the six and a half hours, a lot of things can happen. And uh, fortunately, we're prepared to deal with most of them. But, but 9-11 changed things dramatically. Not not just between Canada and the United States and, and the way we handle passports and IDs and stuff like that, but also for international events as this. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we treat the international aspect of the race with great respect. Uh, we take uh, great care in making sure that the people that who are running the international aspect of the race are properly screened. If there's any question, the uh, Canada Border Services Agency or the U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers will do a second screening to make sure that the individuals who run our race are properly screened and are cleared to to run. So it's, it's it's an unbelievable undertaking to pre-screen up, upward to 18,000 runners, but uh, we our hats offered to both governments for, for taking that under their wing and in and, and doing it for us. There's there's a couple of things that I, I really want to ask you about this. And, and I think a lot of it goes back to, is registration closing at the end of this month? It is. Our, the, the, for the second year, we are closing registration on August the 25th, which is a Monday at midnight. Uh, the reason we have to do that, and, and excuse me, this, this only applies to the international events. 
So the international half marathon and the marathon, marathon right. and the relay, because it has the first two legs yeah. uh, involved in, in a run over to Canada and back, uh, will be uh, closed on the 25th at midnight. And we really need that time to screen all of these applicants. And we're, we're going to get a, a huge influx of registra- uh, uh, participants here in this next week. Uh, we're at 250 uh, participants registering today and counting at 4 o'clock this afternoon when I last took the census. Crazy. So, it's crazy how uh, runners wait till last minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But, but, but that was one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about today because I had heard that registration was closing uh, at the end of the month. But, but it's an interesting, we have to talk about it because people don't know. So, you know, right. if, so if you're interested in running the Detroit full or half, international half or the relay, it will close on the 25th. Correct. Okay. The other question I have for you, I get asked this question every single year. Do runners need to be running with their passports? It's a sensitive question and answer. Uh, what we tell people and what what is the official position of both governments is that they understand that they're running with the passport is uh, is difficult. You know, to take the passport in a in a waterproof uh, pocket or or whatever. But if they are doing something suspicious or that they don't have their bib number on and displayed properly, they are subject to being stopped. If they are stopped, then they must be able to prove to the officers who stopped them their citizenship. And without the official document, sometimes it's hard. So you take the risk of being stopped and having, you know, just blowing your time out of the water because of the, the, the you know, the clock continues to run. It's just, the chip timing doesn't <laughs> stop when, when the officer stops you. So uh, it is a sensitive subject. But, uh, uh, you know, if, I, I would say use your best judgment. But, you know, if you're not doing any sus- anything suspicious, you know, or if you're properly display displaying your bib, it, yeah, bib on the front, exactly, bib on the front, bib on the front, definitely. <laughs> you are, uh, you're, you're don't listening. put your jacket around your bib or put it on oh. the back oh. uh, of your shorts that's or a, whatever. Bill, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> uh, you're listening to uh, Running Flat Radio. Bill Ewing from uh, the Detroit Marathon joins us. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. faster on my bike and the best part i can fit a bunch of stuff in the pockets i sometimes like i find a lucky penny i'll just stick it in that little pocket your kids jeans are a really big deal for back to school and right now they're an even bigger deal now until august 28th boys and girls cherokee denim is starting at nine dollars only at target target every little thing is a really big deal for back to school product availability may vary by store see target.ca slash back to school for details love arts join the a team in over 150 top-notch artists and artisans 
in Amherstburg this Saturday and Sunday at Art by the River, Essex County's original Arts and Crafts Festival. Browse before you buy from 10 to 5 at Fort Malden National Historic Site. All art is juried and personally handmade by the artists. Admission is $5, children 12 and under are free. Enjoy the arts, music, and history at Art by the River, an old town end of summer tradition since 1967. Visit gibsonartgallery.com. Sponsored in part by AM800 CKLW. It's 7.30. From the AM800 News Center, your number one news source in Windsor, Essex, an information update with Paul Pedro. Several trees are down in South Windsor after a line of severe thunderstorms ripped through Windsor, Essex uh, late this afternoon. Trees are down at Dougal and Beals and Grand Maris near Dominion. Trees are also split in Amherstburg near Texas Road. A severe thunderstorm warning is now over for Windsor, Essex, but a watch remains in effect. Windsor police officers want to speak with witnesses following a crash in South Windsor. The crash involving a Windsor fire truck and a white van happened yesterday morning at the intersection of Dougal and Cabana. Officers want to speak to the drivers and occupants of a purple Jeep Cherokee and a white Dodge Journey. And images of a suspect have been released by Windsor police following a robbery in downtown Windsor. The robbery occurred yesterday afternoon in the 600 block of Olette. The photos are on the AM800 website. AM800 Sports, Tigers are starting a series in Tampa Bay tonight. Right now, scoreless, bottom of the first. The Jays begin a series in Milwaukee, first pitch 8-10. And three local players made Team Ontario for the upcoming Baseball Canada Under-16 tournament this week. From the AM800 Weather Center, a severe thunderstorm warning is over. Tonight, a few showers ending after midnight with a few thunderstorms early this evening. A risk of a severe thunderstorm early this evening as well. A risk of a thunderstorm also lingering late this evening and after midnight, a low of 20. Once again, a severe thunderstorm warning has ended. Right now in Windsor-Essex, 20 Celsius. That is 68 Fahrenheit. I'm Paul Pedro, AM800 News. When you're able to focus your mind and your body, anything is possible. From 5K runs to half marathons to the full 26.2 miles. We talk about it all on Running Flat Radio, Tuesdays, 7 till 8 on AM 800. Uh, welcome to Running Flat Radio. Chris Yuzinski, Kelly Steele from the Windsor Star. If you're unfamiliar with Running Flat Radio, we are a show all about really endurance sports, mostly running. We will start to kind of graduate ourselves into more cycling as the summer goes through. And and then we're also going to be talking about mountain biking as mm-hmm. we go into the winter because uh, we have a whole bunch of uh, big announcements to make there. And, um, you know, but really what we do is we put on a lot of events. We have the Run for Heroes Marathon that's coming up in Amherstburg in a month uh, where we have a marathon, a half marathon, a 10K, a 5K, a kids uh marathon plus we also have a health expo and uh, we just also opened up today zombie chase the, mm-hmm. you know everyone's been clamoring about zombie chase because we have really what is what is known as the uh, the medal to run for in canada this year that is a cool medal and this year it's it's a female so it's it's, it's really cool well the head's going to be a whole lot bigger than for all oh, the brains course. right yes yes so much <laughs> more brains in that one uh than our last one which was a guy <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, talking about brains, we have the operations director of the uh, Detroit Free Press Marathon with us. Our good friend Bill Ewing joins us. And, uh, Bill, you know, we were just talking about uh, uh, the Detroit Marathon, you know, the, the great history, of course, the iconic course of the bridge and the tunnel. And, you know, if, if we're talking about the bridge and the tunnel on the Windsor side, because we've got this amazing view as all those runners are, are running through uh, during the sunrise, uh, 
we would be remiss not to talk about Dave O, mm-hmm. you know, greeting the runners as they're coming into Canada. Correct. You know, because, uh, you know, Dave Roshinsky, uh, who's also our announcer for, for our running flat events, uh, does an amazing job. And uh, so, you know, we, we also got to get props. I look forward to coming across and having him yell out my name. I truly do. <laughs> Absolutely. I encouraged uh, uh, both of our uh, our entertainment, course entertainment uh, locations at the end of the uh end of the bridge and it coming back through the tunnel to embrace the changes in our cultures <laughs> and to have fun at making fun at ourselves you know for whatever right. reason and play canadian music you know and uh uh doug and bob or whoever or whoever you might want to play and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and on the same time you know playing the boss on the other end born in the usa and and to have fun with the differences and i i think I think the runners really enjoy that part yeah, of it. They do. I think a lot of runners, especially new ones, are really surprised with how fun race day actually is. Everyone's all nerves at the start, and then as the gig's going, you can see they're enjoying themselves. Absolutely. By the time you get over here, you're warmed up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so so a couple of things that we really want to talk about. One is we want to talk about the changes this year in, in, in the marathon, the, the course. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that, that you got going on. All right. Well, first of all, uh, a change that, uh, a very recent change that probably is seamless to our runners, but is important to uh, us that organize the race is that Barbara Benage has replaced uh, Rich Harshbarger as our executive race director. Uh, Rich has gone on to become uh, chief executive officer of Running USA. USA, correct. Oh, very cool. And uh, Barbara is coming back to us after a brief stint at several charitable organizations where, and she was, she previously supervised the race directors on behalf of the Free Press in her role as a marketing director from 1989 to 2008. So we're very pleased to have her back. Um, some of the event changes one of the one of the important changes is that we have moved the 5k run and walk from sunday to saturday morning uh, at 9 a.m and also have moved it down to the detroit river walk which is a new venue for us what's the reason for the change to saturday well we thought that we would we we would be better uh served to to offer a unique uh experience for those 5k runners rather than have it part of the big mm-hmm. picture uh it, we can feature it on its own and we hope to expand it in in the future and maybe even add uh, another race or an, at another distance so it gives us some flexibility for sure yeah mm-hmm. and uh it, we'll see how it goes but we're also introducing a new event the kids fun run which takes place immediately after the 5k uh, starting at 10:30 a.m. and we'll offer two distances, a half mile and a mile distance. Actually, it's the metric mile, but don't tell anybody. Uh, and it also starts and finishes in that same vicinity. And of course, we'll have a, a, a bunch of kids' activities planned for for the kids who who show up. So we're 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 not strictly. It's just going to be a fun run. We're not strictly limiting it to a different age group or, or right. whatever but uh just to give the kids the experience of running under 
uh, supervised course and in somewhat of a timed event. We got to get kids involved in the sport. Absolutely. We have to get, because when the kids get involved, they drag the parents along and then the parents come out and all of a sudden now we're getting a whole healthy family going. Correct. And, 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 and that was the entire philosophy behind doing a kid's marathon and uh, we traditionally have a kid's event at every single one of our races, except for the ones that actually have alcohol involved, right? Like the Pelion and the Winery Half, we don't have a kid's event. And uh, Le Chocolat, we don't have a, a kid's event because we have uh, wine purses. <laughs> Three liters of wine <laughs> per participant. That might be a bit of a trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd yeah. be trouble for me. I'm a lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, let's talk about bib bandits. Okay. You know, I, it's, it's something that, you know, we've struggled with uh, as, as a race organization, somebody jumping into a race with a, a handmade bib, you know, it, it just it, it really kind of gets me all, all upset because basically what they're doing is, um, you know, I as a race director am personally responsible for all those people on that course. That's how I feel. If anyone knows me the day of my races, They'll know that you don't want to come and talk to me because the only focus that I have is getting every person off that course safely into their family's arms across that finish line. That is my only goal that day. And, and you know, bib bandits really throw us for a curve because that calculation is not involved in that day. And we don't know who they are. We don't know how to get a hold of their families if something goes wrong. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Chris. Uh, you know, we take great... Uh, pride in in strides in in helping prevent bandits particularly because of the nature of our international race but i don't think the average runner or uh or bandit is as we call them uh, takes that into account you know what what if when if i'm injured while i'm out there how how do how do people get in touch with my family or my my uh, right. emergency contacts so uh you know, we, we study uh, design changes to the bib, the color of the bibs and everything to help prevent that from happening. And, of course, uh, we're aided by having the the immigration officers at both borders watching for people who are running. Have a good story. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a young man run with his wife and uh, he decided he wasn't going to run with a bib and came back into the U.S. and then got stopped at the border. And then he made matters worse by making up a story of what happened to his bib and, and whatnot. And after a few hours of interrogation, finally fessed up to the fact that he didn't have a bib in the first place. And, you know, it was embarrassing to him. And and certainly uh i hope it taught taught him a lesson that we take this international border crossing seriously in both directions and i hope that our runners will too because if we mess it up we won't get to do it and that's our message to all of our participants that we we trust that you will abide by uh by the rules and it's not our rules it's right. the rules of both governments mm -hmm. and we we respect them and and we enforce them and, and as race organizers we are at the privilege of the people who own these roads and these infrastructures Correct. we're just borrowing them through 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 really their gracious goodwill that they've allowed us to use these roads close these roads down inconvenience traffic for that morning 
And, you know, I, I think a lot of people kind of forget, you know, the amount of work that goes into permitting a road closure. But really, you know, the attitude is not that we demand a road closure. It's we're asking for these road closures because we'd like to put on this event that we think is world class. Right. And, and we'll do a lot for this community. A, make it healthier. B, bring people to this town that would never have come to this town if it wasn't for this race. And give them an experience that might actually trigger them to actually change their lifestyle. And, you know, it's, it's those kinds of things. And, and, and it's a privilege to do what we do because we change people's lives every day. I mean, I, I'm sure your email box gets filled like mine where, where people talk about, you know, if it wasn't for your events, I would never have run this. I would never right. have started running last year. And, um, you know, it's, it's a real privilege to do what, what, we, what we do. It really is. Well, certainly the work with the community in shutting the roads down and making it a safe environment for our participants is my greatest challenge as the, the operations director and, and also for Kevin Wilson, our course director. Uh, we take great pains to make sure that the that cars do not get on the course uh, while our, our runners are running. And uh you know, we want to provide the safest environment possible for for our participants, and it takes a lot of work. It does. You know, we 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 have two hundred and seventy intersections to consider <laughs> along the route of twenty six point two miles, and we take each one and study it one at a time. Very sure. Yep, absolutely. You're, you're going to uh, stay with us through the break? Absolutely. That's wonderful. You're Love listening to, to Running Flat Radio, but before we go, we have Song of the Week. You know, we feature a song that's always really kind of hip and new and, and really entertaining for you to run to. This is Fennec Solar with Last Forever on Running Flat Radio. Unless, of course, you're driving or operating heavy machinery, in which case just turn up your radio. We have a very important announcement to make. You're getting more sports. On Monday, TSN is expanding its roster to five feeds, giving you more of the sports that matter to you. More sports, more choice, more TSN. That is all. Now back to whatever it is you were doing. Gigantic home improvement liquidation at Hardware Liquidation Store by Rona. Visit us at 7350 Catherine Street in Windsor for unbelievable savings. This week, get 30 to 60% off lower ticket price on everything in store, including 30% on tools, 40% on lighting, and 50% on ladders. Visit Hardware Liquidation Store by Rona weekdays from 9 to 8 and on the weekend from 8 to 5 at 7350 Catherine Street in Windsor. Certain conditions apply. Details in store. Looking for some good investment advice? Take a look at North Star Windows and Doors. They lower your energy costs and increase your home's value. And North Star is so confident in their quality, they're backed with a lifetime transferable warranty. 
quality that saves you money and energy. Now that's an airtight investment. So enjoy the view through North Star windows and doors. To find the North Star dealer nearest you, call 1-877-NORTHSTAR or visit northstarwindows.com. Now the forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. A severe thunderstorm warning continues. A few showers ending after midnight tonight. A few thunderstorms early this evening. A risk of a severe thunderstorm early this evening with the risk of a thunderstorm lingering late this evening and after midnight, a low of 20. Once again, a severe thunderstorm warning continues tonight. A few showers ending after midnight with a few thunderstorms early this evening. A risk of a severe thunderstorm early this evening with the risk of a thunderstorm lingering late this evening and after midnight, a low of 20. More advice from your Mopar service experts. Hey, Joe, uh, I know you get asked this all the time, but mm -hmm. what does Mopar really stand for? It stands for trust and for knowing the latest technology, for only using the right tools and parts and making only the best choices for your vehicle. It also means we stand behind our work like I stand behind this badge. Wow, a little longer answer than I expected, but I'm really impressed. Mopar expertise begins with peace of mind maintenance service for just $69.95. See your Chrysler Jeep Dodge and Ram retailer for details. Mopar people, yeah. Mopar parts. Helping you achieve your personal best. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM800. And welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Uh, our guest, uh, Bill Ewing, in studio, the operations director of the Detroit Free Press, uh, Talmers Bank Marathon. Boy, that's a mouthful, eh? <laughs> Jeez. Um, you guys are October... 19th 19th is is the is the date and right. uh you know your, your field is usually what around 25 27,000 right last year we had just over 27,000 uh we hope to be at that uh, level right now we're at 22,200 right now but gaining momentum as we lead up to this international uh deadline next monday uh, and we hope to at least match uh, last year's numbers. You've been in the business for a while. I mean, and, and you're currently managing an event with with a lot of complexity because there, there's multiple races on, multi, on on some shared courses, but you also have two independent races going on within one, right, with the international half and the U.S. half simultaneous to the the uh, the U.S. Uh, full Canada full international full whatever you want to call that and the relay <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and of course and then you've got the relay with all the buses and everything else you know and then you gotta sit back and wonder how do the folks at Peachtree do it with sixty five thousand people running a ten k uh, in in Georgia correct you, you know where where you literally the, the start shoot is full for eight hours. <laughs> You know, it's eight hours or six hours. I can't remember what the number was. It was. It was I a, don't know, but it's a long time. It's it's, it's outstanding. So let, let's talk about the start shoot because, you know, we uh, we are running flat. Love to rock the start shoot for a long time. Like we just love music. We we love. Me we, too. You know, I, I, we don't play the regular <laughs> rock jock stuff. We look for the extreme yeah. music and and in 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 embrace it. Uh, we we also you know we have to carefully plan how many people are on the streets. I I had no idea how to do this, so I went to Dave McGilvery at Boston. I said, "How Dave? How do you do it?" And he said, "Well, you know the, the formula is pretty easy. We allocate three square feet per participant lining up. So it was easy for me to calculate how much street that we would need." Uh, you know, for the sixteen to eighteen thousand people right now, 
we line up at Second Street and Fort. For those of you who are familiar uh, with the Detroit uh, landscape, and we back up three eighths of a mile all the way down to Washington Boulevard. Uh, so it, it is quite impressive to see that number of people lined up, and I can only imagine what those mega ma- marathons look look like. <laughs> so, so you do obviously uh, a wave start, and Correct. we also you also have. Uh, different corrals. So when you're registering for an event, let's talk about being honest about <laughs> about our times. Yes, let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about honesty in runners, which is which really runs deep in all of us. Yeah. But but when you're setting up your corral time, and it's your first marathon, you're not doing a two thirty. You you you're not doing a two twenty five. But it's strange yeah, the, how that happens. The uh, <laughs> I have a rule that if if you put down that you're projecting to run a world record, then you're going to the back of the pack. <laughs> so you've actually done an analysis on people. Absolutely, on people when you register when you register for the for the marathon, you have to give them your proposed time of completion, so mm-hmm. they can put you somewhere in that pack of, of 25,000 or 27,000 people so you can be paced out properly. So you, there, there's different corrals from A through till... Well, we're back down to Q now. Back we have Q. 17, 17 okay, so, corrals. So there's 17 corrals. And what a corral is basically is you have one long chute, but there's dividers in it to kind of put people who are running the same pace for that distance in a corral, so so you're really not passing too many people, and you're not getting passed as well. So it creates less traffic in 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 the flow of things. So when you're registering, you put a time down, and then as you're registering, it tells you you're in corral D or corral Q or wherever you're at. But you've done an analysis of yeah, I, I had uh, I, I just uh, inquisitively looked at people's finishing times and and went back and compared them to what corral they started in and what they projected they would, they would run. And amazingly, less than 40% of the people ran a time that was within 10% of their projected time. And 10%, if you're an experienced runner, is quite a bit of leeway. <laughs> so I was just flabbergasted at the, at the difference. And so... Uh, what that means is, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that the average runner, or especially the new runners, understand the importance of at least hitting something within reason so that we are able to spread the field out and so that everyone gets a good start and everyone can continue to run without being impeded by a slow runner or walker in front of them. So, so maybe it should be like a wishful thinking. Yeah, Absolutely. I wish I, I wish I could have had that data bef- going in, <laughs> and then I would have put people in the proper place. But uh, unfortunately, I'm 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 but relying know, on their honesty to put down the correct projected time. But you are right. Like honestly, I don't think a lot of runners have any idea. It's their first time. They just pull some figure out. Because, right. like I said, I always work the pace table, and that's always I'll I'll get them coming over. They show me their bib. They're like. I don't know what this means. It says uh, H. What does H mean? I'm like, well, it, or it's usually, and it's usually I can look at the runner and I know that they have no idea because they put down, like you said, like a 330. And I'm like, is this your first marathon? They're like, yep, yep. And I'm looking at them and I can tell they're not going to run a 330 marathon. And they're, so I don't think, I think a big part of it is people just really don't understand right. the whole process. 
Well, and I, I've got to admit that, you know, I, I was one that used to try to sneak up to the front in, in Jackson Park before the days of the timing <laughs> chips because, you know, every second that they counted from the time the gun went off counted against you. But oh, that's not the case now when with chip timing, when you cross the start line mat, your time is zero plus the first second. And, uh, you know, we subtract out all that waiting time. So uh, the only time that we don't is for the people who are up front who may may win prize money. And they're based on gun time. But they already know who they are for the most part. The whole chip time was the best thing that could ever came out. You know, honestly, you can relax at the start. So a couple of I wish I had come up with the idea. I know. I. So, Bill, a couple other things that we really want to talk about. Bill Ewing from the Detroit Marathons with us. Let's talk about the wheelchair class, the hand crank class, your elite class. I mean, there's a number of other races that are going on here. Correct. Besides those distance races that we talked about. Right. In in 2002, we introduced the uh, hand cycle to the event. And, you know, I'm all for uh, the disabilities athletes to provide them a, a venue and a race to compete. It's just that the hand cycles go so fast. It's, it's difficult sometimes to provide a safe environment. Uh, we've had a situation, and, and we finally resolved it this year. For a number of years, uh, the course has had a crossover in, in the course. The, the course literally crosses itself at nine and a half miles. And the hand cyclists were able to uh, navigate that nine and a half miles at a pace such that they would get back to that intersection before we could get the last person across the start line. <laughs> so we act- literally had to stop the disabilities division athletes and, and put them in a kind of black flag like NASCAR and, <laughs> and until the intersection cleared. And then we put them on their merry way and we gave them a net time. This year, for the first time, through the cooperation of the Michigan Department of Transportation, we are going to get to use the Lodge Freeway all the way up to Howard Street, meaning that we can go underneath Fort Street and eliminate the crossover. So there will be no pit stop for the Disabilities Division nice. athletes this year. And they're thrilled with the, <laughs> with the news after several years of discontent with the situation. You're like a kid in the candy store, aren't you? I mean, you get to play with some of the coolest infrastructure around. You get a bridge, you get a tunnel, uh, you get the lodge freeway. It is fun. <laughs> it's, it's always a challenge, but when you when you get these little wins, it's just like, uh, it just feels so great. And, and I really want to thank my friends over at the uh, Michigan Department of Transportation for helping us make that happen because we've we've tried for several years to get that done and this year we were able to negotiate it. We're, we're almost out of time. You were also a director at the CRIM. I am. I, I actually organized the start and finish line up at the CRIM Festival of Races in Flint, which takes place this weekend. Definitely one of my favorite finish lines. What's better than finishing is, with beer and pizza? <laughs> they always have a great band, so <laughs> you can count on the party afterwards as being a big feature oh, of absolutely. the race. But, uh, uh, you know, certainly it's a, it's, a, it's a fun race to do, and it leads right into our race as a prep race for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. It's, it's always great seeing you, and it's great to uh, to talk racing and especially talk about such an iconic race like the Detroit Free Press Marathon. Uh, it's got a great history, and, and it's, it is one of the world-class races in North America. 
Chris Kelly. Thanks Thank for you. having me over here. We'll see you race day. You've been listening Absolutely. to uh, Running Flat Radio on AM 800 CKLW. And for more information about uh, our races, like the Run for Heroes Marathon and, of course, the Peely Island Winery Half for next year, which is already open and almost sold out, and the uh, Zombie Chase, which just opened today for October 11th, go to runningflat.com. That's runningflat.com. And keep running. And that's the end of it. End of episode. Running Flat Radio with Chris Yazinski. Tuesday night, 7 till 8 on AM 800. Running Flat Radio is a paid program. Local news is next on AM 800 CKLW, the information station.